you would, turn the Bible to Revelation chapter 14. Revelation 14. 13 was heavy for us, but we've completed it. We move on to the next chapter this morning. I was born and raised in 64 to Lexington, and we go south on 75 to Knoxville, and we take I-40 over into North Carolina to get back to where I'm from. And since 2003, I guess I have made that drive a couple hundred times, I guess. Been there a bunch, especially when I was younger and we went a little more often. And I didn't know about Cumberland Falls off of I-75. I wish I had known the whole time. I wish you guys had told me about Cumberland Falls. But about a year ago, we stopped and hiked over to Cumberland Falls. And it is one of the most awesome things in the whole world. Now, now God loves to display his glory, and there are tons, countless amazing things in the world. I don't need to rank them. You don't need to rank them. And every place and nation and every state claims their own things. But Cumberland Falls is amazing. It is a beautiful, beautiful, massive waterfall. If you have never seen it, go there. Don't let your life pass you by without seeing Cumberland Falls. It is super cool, big and nice and awesome. And I've been to a lot of waterfalls. I've been to a lot of waterfalls in the USA. I've been to a lot of waterfalls in my life. And so I remember thinking, you know, some waterfalls are really overhyped. You're excited to get there. You do this long hike, and it hadn't rained in a while, and you get there, and it's basically like a trickle down. And you're like, man, they, the pictures I saw online must have been the rainiest day of the year so that it was a heavy waterfall. Right? Cumberland Falls is not like that. Cumberland Falls is amazing. And so I remember as we were going there, wondering what it's going to be like. I'm taking my kids. It's pretty far from here. I mean, it, it, it's a lot to make that happen. And I remember when I walked up on it going, wow, whoa. The loud, the loud sound that comes from a heavy waterfall. The beauty, the rainbow that comes off it when it's a sunny day. The amount of people that are there, the swimming, the cliff jumping, the rock jumping, the, all of the stuff. I remember going, whoa, this is here? I've driven by this a hundred times in my life and I've never stopped? This is amazing. When you read from Revelation 13 about the devil that's a dragon trying to kill the baby that will be the savior of the world, and him not being able to kill the baby that is the savior of the world. So he goes to kill the people of the baby. And then he has two beasts, a beast of the sea and a beast of the earth. And all they're trying to do is get people to worship the dragon. We've spent the last three weeks in Revelation 13 going, man, last week was heavy and I know that. And... We turn to Revelation 14 now, and it's like, wow. 
Read with me at Revelation chapter 14. Today we're going to look at the first five verses. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb. And with him, 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defied themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. This scene of Revelation 14 is like walking through the forest, not knowing what you're about to come upon on, and stumbling upon a Cumberland Falls. Now, it's a big exhibit. They got signs. They've got a gift shop. They've got restaurants there. They've got a whole exit devoted to it. They've got signs on the highway that say, hey, Cumberland Falls State Park. And so now they want you to come look at it. But can you imagine hundreds of years ago when the first person found it? Walking through a dense forest is boring, and you're like, man, there's spider webs and tripping over rocks and stumps, but can you imagine walking for miles and miles and miles and miles and and hours upon hours upon hours, how hot and sweaty and dirty and sticky and ticks and everything else, and all of a sudden going, what are we doing out here? And then faintly you hear, I think I... I think I hear some water. Let's keep going toward it. And can you imagine the first people that came around the corner and it was Cumberland Falls? Like, whoa. All of a sudden, they didn't think about how tired they were. All of a sudden, they didn't think about how sweaty they were. All of a sudden, they didn't think about how far they'd walk. All of a sudden, they were captivated by something that is bigger and better and more beautiful and more glorious than all that they had just been through. This is the scene of Revelation 14. John has been seeing this image of the book of Revelation. And it's a heavy one. It's been heavy for us now for months, for weeks after weeks. This has been so incredibly heavy for us. There's some deep stuff in Revelation. And John, I mean, we're seeing it out of the word of God, and that's one thing. John's been seeing it as a vision given to him to write down for the rest of the believers and the rest of the world, for us. And John just went through the trenches of Revelation 12 of the dragon and Revelation 13 and the beast that worked for the dragon. He just went through that heaviness. And chapter 14 says, Then I looked. And behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb. That is a sight that trumps all other sights. 
That is a longing that your heart has that will overcome every hurt your heart's ever had. My first point this morning is number one, positioned above all else. Positioned above all else. John looked. He's been looking. That's one of the neat things about this vision of Revelation. He keeps looking. He keeps looking. Look at chapter 13. What's it say at the beginning of verse 1? And I saw a beast. Look at chapter 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast. It's like watching a movie or reading a book where the next chapter is a horrible one again. Or the next chapter or the next scene is a scary one again. And you're like, man, this is rough here. But then it gets to a scene that is so good. Verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, he sees the Lamb standing on Mount Zion. Mount Zion here is not the way so often the Old Testament describes just Zion as the city of Jerusalem, of the city of God, of the people of God. The Bible sometimes speaks about Zion like that. But here, this is the new Jerusalem. This is the city of heaven. This is none other than heaven itself, described as a mountain. And on the mountain stands the Lamb We've seen the lamb slain. We've seen the lamb laid down. We've seen the lamb humble. We've seen the lamb beaten and abused. We've seen the lamb go through it all, haven't we? We've seen him described as the one who would sacrifice himself and take away the sins of the world. But there's coming a day where the lamb will stand on top of the mountain of heaven and you will see him positioned above everything else. What a sight. All of a sudden, dragons and beasts aren't so scary to us because there is a lamb that seems like he's weaker. But remember in chapter 5, the slain lamb, right, was a strong lion. Remember that? In chapter 5, the lamb and the lion are the same thing. And this is the sight here. The lamb looks victorious. He looks big and conquering. And this is what the Bible wants us to understand most. God is often described as God most high. That God is to be positioned above everything else. In our Christmas story, which is coming soon, we love that the angels proclaimed what? Glory to God in the highest, the biggest, the most, the most glorious, the most worthy, the best thing ever is the one true God. There is nothing more important than God. Nothing. And your life ought to reflect that. Your life ought to be displaying, exhibiting, speaking, showing, modeling, that there is nothing more important than God. He is the most, the best, the highest. He's positioned above all else. When you get to heaven, you will see the lamb standing above it all as the most beautiful thing. It's hard for us to imagine, isn't it? Heaven's gonna be bigger than we thought. It's gonna be more glorious than we thought. It's gonna be more than we can imagine. 
Revelation 7 said that the number of people there is a number that nobody could count. I mean, it is a lot of people that are going to be in heaven. And Revelation told us that in the center of all the people that you can't even count is going to be a throne. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be singing there. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be better than we can imagine. Saturday's this time of year for football, and we can picture lots of people being gathered, right? U of L's football stadium can hold 65,000 people. It's a lot of people. And it's hard to even picture being on that field as a quarterback with a ball in your hand with 65,000 people focused on you. That'd be a lot of pressure, wouldn't it? There's a kid on one of my son's teams whose dad took him this weekend or next weekend to Michigan for his first ever game at at Michigan football game. Y'all, Michigan can hold 107,000 people in their stadium. Can you imagine I mean, L just expanded a few years ago, and that brought